Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. As you can tell by the clarity of my voice, I have purchased a new microphone for the podcast, stepping it up in the podcast game with a Yeti Blue. Uh, very excited by that. So there'll be more clarity for these wonderful conversations that I have with healers from across the globe. And uh, today's episode is one of the pandemic self-care Facebook Live conversations I've had uh, early on when the pandemic first hit back in March and April. 36 amazing, beautiful podcast guests who had previously been on the show had joined me for these pandemic self-care live conversations. So I am sharing them now in the audio version. All right. Until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. All right. Welcome, everybody, back to our live Healing Place podcast conversations, and I'm just really thrilled today to have with me Jim Sporleader. So welcome, Jim. Well, thank you. Great to be here. We were just chatting a bit before I hit the go live button about um, some, not so much the self-care aspect of it, but the other care part of it. And I was talking about my mom and how yesterday was a rough day for her and she was crying. She's 84 in a little retirement village. Um, but they're all isolated to their own apartments, to their own spaces, and they're, they're not supposed to open the door for each other. And so she's just, she started crying. I miss going out and I miss my friends and it broke my heart. I said, mom, I'll come stand outside the window and, you know, wave to you and wear my masks and gloves. <laughs> so she, then she got all worried. No, don't you leave your house. Don't you leave your house. So anyway, so yeah, so let's talk a little bit about pandemic self-care or other care well one thing that 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 i noticed uh is how exhaust how exhausted i was once i was forced to stop you know i've been on uh, a pretty intense schedule i was out over 150 days last year and and, uh so at first uh, it, it it felt good to get some rest and the self-care piece has been when you know when you're on the road uh, is really a, a challenge. And uh, I'm a walker, and uh, usually I, I'm scheduled so tight that I'm in and out of places. And you know we're just coming out of winter, so a lot of the places I was at uh, wasn't conducive for me to get outside. Um, so trying to balance that, and then when I get home, try to get my walking in and. and and, you know your your diet on the road and all that. So I, I've been able to take this time, um, a lot of reflection, just uh, time time to express my gratitude and uh, uh, exercising every day. I'm actually getting out and doing a little bit of hiking, and uh, so that part has has helped me with the. Uh, self-care piece but it always weighs heavily on my heart those who are stuck at home and uh, maybe somebody isn't looking out after them Um, i'm really concerned with our students of trauma Uh, i know our educational systems doing the best that they can but you know, packets and computers don't provide the connection piece that these kids need. And so right. when, 
I, I've had some uh, Zooms with some school districts and we've talked about that of how, how can we, how can we amongst staff make sure that we're calling and making connection with these kids so that it's not just a packet or a online assignment. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I've seen a couple of really cool things on at least on my social media feeds of personal friends who are teachers and or in the, the school systems. Uh -huh. And some of them are creating for kids that they know are getting their meals at school yeah. in, in their home now and, and possibly not having healthy choices. Um, so they're create they've they've collected what you know on their front porch, like drop drop stuff off so then they don't have to connect with people and then they're making these baggies filled and making sure somehow that they're getting to the kids i'm not quite sure how they're doing it maybe through the school and then another one another teacher that i saw who teaches at high school did zoom with her kids like through their phones and they just um they had a big group like the class um which i thought was really cool too just for those kids to have connection and see one another um even through, I mean, I know it's not a personal connection, but it's just to see somebody's face. Like I love seeing your face today. I haven't talked to you in a while. And so it's just nice to see a smiling face. You know, that, I, I think it might be a good idea, Terry, if you were able to share some of those. I mean, the old people like me aren't as technology and enhancing and, and for that high school teacher to be able to pull her class in together as a zoom that's the first time i've heard of that and wow yeah uh, you know to give maybe give some teachers some some ideas on, on what they can be doing that that's a tremendous idea yeah i will and actually one of the teachers at my daughter she's in elementary school and one of the teachers there did, and I don't know if she reached out to parents and said, hey, you know, if it's okay, let's get the, and they, they brought some kids together as well. And again, it just was so, the parents were just like, oh my gosh, my kid was so impacted by this. What a great idea. Yes. Um, so yeah, I will. Thanks. I'll put that out there. It's a wonderful idea. Okay. Yeah. I love it. And I'll, who, I'll check who, who it out. The most, you know, so, sometimes it's the kids that Maybe it's a, re a, a, a re release not to deal with the stress every day with some of these kids, you know? Yeah. But, but yet they're the ones that um, would really benefit from that kind of contact. And yeah. I think that, that's a really neat idea. Well, thanks. And I, I thought it was too. And I just, I just remember sitting back and thinking, oh, that's so powerful because like you and I have discussed, and I know this is what you talk about so often in your trauma-informed care work and in the work you did as a principal um, with these with these kids that, yeah, like you said, are, are touched by trauma. I mean, they're trauma kids. I, I don't know what the definition is, but yeah, they've had adverse childhood experiences in their lives and or they're still in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. And that... Uh, I have another friend of mine who who works with the hashtag one caring adult and wow what a powerful impact that one caring adult but if you're suddenly yanked away from that one caring adult such as so many of these kids are um, from a teacher or a principal or who, who a coach yeah that's tough yeah that 
I would say since I've been out of the, the, the system and working from outside in now, it's been such a huge learning curve for me and, and the, the learning just continues. But one thing that, that, that I've seen is the power of what you just shared. If I, if I was able to go back, it would be how could I have handed off my seniors to a caring hand outside of the school? Because that one caring adult plays such a huge impact and helps our kids um, uh, maneuver through our systems. And, and without that, uh, I've just seen with my alumni kids, those who have connected or stayed connected with some, a caring adult, whether it's a, one of their teachers or, or they have somebody in their life that, that, that kind of watches their back, um, that they're hanging in there or, 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 they're, or they're doing extremely well. And uh, some who were doing very well at Lincoln that have allowed themselves to fade away from that caring adult, uh, they're struggling. And yeah. um, it, it just uh, is a reminder to me of, of the power of that being that one caring adult for these kids. Yeah, yeah, there's just, um, you know, I know the one, the one caring adult that stands out in my mind was my grandmother, but it was that sense of um, worthiness. Like I, I was worthy, I was valued. My voice mattered. That is huge, it matters. I mean, it's just so powerful for a kid who is in either in currently or has experienced trauma. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I've learned, and you, you, you're more of an expertise than I, is that, uh, you know, we work so hard to build the resilience with these kids through the caring adult relationships. But uh, I, I really have come to learn that ACEs and the wounds can be healed, but the wound is still there. Right. And the wound can flare up from time to time. And even though we have some resiliency skills, it doesn't mean that that, that wound doesn't surface from time to time. And, and, and hopefully we're prepared to deal with it. But um, uh, I, I, another one of my learnings is, is with my kids, my alumni kids, and, and the lesson that I try to teach them is uh, even though they have built some real resiliency, is that when they get into a very tough situation, the only model they have is that which they were brought up in, which is to freeze. So uh, my, my mission with a lot of my alumni kids has been to know it's okay to ask for help early not at the last minute, the day before you're going to be evicted or yeah. the day before uh, the, the lights are going to go out it is that there are people that want to help you, but we need time. And, and uh, that's been, that, 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 that's been a, kind of a mission of mine with my alumni kids and say, hey, it's okay to ask. And there's people who want to help, but uh Man, when they get in that freeze mode, because that's what they saw their parents doing during that time, yeah, not knowing what to do, and, uh, and as you know, then all of a sudden, bam, I'm right up on that eviction date, or I'm up on that my electricity's going off, or it puts a tremendous yeah. amount of stress on them. 
as as a freezer myself, <laughs> that was my mo. Was I, I I freeze, and yeah, it does. It I, I totally get what you're saying, and and I also think the helping part of it is is fascinating because I think so many of us who experience trauma got into the pattern, the habit, the mentality of I'll just do it myself. I'll do it myself, and then it's hard to ask for help yeah. because we've just, well, we can do it, but we've always had to do it. And, and so then we reach that point and then it's, Oh, well, I have to ask for help. But one of my friends gave me a beautiful gift a couple of weeks ago when I was approved for the funding through fractured Atlas. And I was sat there and I sat staring at it for two weeks because I was like, I can't ask people for help. I can't ask people to help me support this. Yeah. I just, again, it was that mentality. And I reached out to a couple of different friends and he came back and he said, Terry, people believe in you. They want to help you. They, I mean, you're taking away that gift of someone wanting to, to help because it is a gift to help others. Think about how you feel when you're helping others. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's a really good way to think about it is that, that's a gift that I'm giving others by opening myself up and, and allowing them to, to help. So, yeah. That's a great, that's a great example. Uh, I have a, I have a small foundation and uh, one of my, one of my mentors uh, ran a, a huge foundation here in town. And, and uh, that's what he shared with me is at, ask people for funds to help fund in the foundation. And, and I'm the, you know, it's interesting that you brought that up because here I am saying, ask, ask. And yet for me, it was, I, I just couldn't ask for money. You know? Yeah. And finally, you know, through his mentoring and guiding and, you know, we, we put a letter together and, and uh, he helped me with that. And we, we have, we have a couple funders uh, in the community and, they have they came back to him and said thank you so much for letting us know that there was a need and uh, we appreciated being able to contribute so sometimes we forget about that and uh, it's a good reminder yeah well thanks that's and again that gives me hope too that yeah there there are people out there saying i want to help and yeah so just that sometimes there's still a lot of people who really don't know that there's these needs out there. Um, so yeah, very beautiful. So any any other self-care or other care strategies? We haven't really talked a lot about other care um, a lot on this on these lives. We've been talking a lot about self-care strategies. So I like it that you and I have tapped a little more into the other care, which is caring for these kids who might be hurting or struggling. Yeah. I couple of the schools that I was able to have a Zoom with before they were completely shut down, but, but we knew it was coming, uh, a chance to, to speak to their leadership team. And that, that was my challenge was as a support staff is to come up with strategies. Um, we, were, we were talking as a SDAC group uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, we canceled our conference, but we were talking and uh, I thought Rebe Rebecca brought up a really good point. And she said, with our schools right now, you know, you still have that sense of accountability. Got to hold these kids accountable to their work. And, you know, and I've, I've even talked to a couple of teacher friends who've said, you know, uh, man, 
how am I going to hold them accountable to their packets or, or to do the online assignments? And I thought Rebecca brought up such a powerful point. She says, why, why wouldn't we focus on less than more? In other words, why wouldn't we focus on how the kids are coping, how they're doing? You know, those that are capable of doing the packets and the online learning, they're going to kind of take care of themselves and, and they're, they're going to have the support at home to see that that's done. But how do you relieve the pressure off those kids that are going to feel so overwhelmed by being stuck at home, but also being overwhelmed with how am I going to get this done or that sense of failure with nobody right. alongside them to help walk them through it. And I, I, I thought that statement less, may, maybe focus on more or less than, than, than more. I thought that was uh, a very insightful statement. Yeah. And beautiful. And that's the, the things we don't like to think about as a society, but there's kids that their priorities are, how are they going to eat? Yes. You know, if, if they're being abused, how they're getting through a day of physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, um, you know, how and, and that sensation of feeling trapped, because so many times school is is a safe space, is a place of escape from an environment that. Um, yeah. And, and how do we help their caregivers who are very stressed so that they they can help their children rather than hurt their children. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. I think as, as if we can come up with strategies of, of contacting our, our, our kids, we know who, we know who the struggling kids are. It's no secret. Right. I mean, I mean, obviously there's some quiet ones, but if, if we're trying to contact all of our kids just to check in, but especially those that, that we know could be struggling, it, what a great question is to ask mom and dad, how are things going so that, that, that they know we're thinking about them. That, that would be a wonderful opportunity to build us some relationship there that yeah. starts back up, but it, 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 it could really. Um... Yeah, that just got goosebumps on my arm because I thought, you know, if we can ask the parents or the caregivers, do you need anything? What, 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 what's, your biggest priority right now um and if they right if the electricity i mean i think a lot of energy companies are not turning off electricity but if if they're if they're scared about having no money or they're scared about having no food um yeah take that relief off or at least reach out there's so many people so i love seeing all the helpers out there willing to help out and then you can put word out and say hey we have this family that's struggling and uh -huh. I'm, you know, it would be great. Yeah. You know, Brooke, who was my intervention specialist at Lincoln had a, one of the most powerful statements that she made and I've never forgotten it is she shared, she says, I, I made my relationships with parents on the porch. And uh, she shared that when she went out, to make those connections that that's when she found out they were out of food. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, at our conference at SDAC, we really cover the poverty piece. And uh, we, we have a panel of parents. Uh, SDAC has one of the highest percentages in the country of moving 
single moms of poverty in the middle class. And uh, they do that through matching a caring adult mentor with each one of those moms. And that mentor goes out and says, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to, I can, all I can do is, is promise you that if we, if we stick it out together, we're going to get there. And to hear the stories from these moms, I mean, uh, I tear up every single time. I know, you're getting me choked up and I haven't even heard the story. I mean, you hear these moms saying, you know, on this panel that, that, that they're, they're sharing with the educators, when you call me and I screamed at you, it's not that I was, I don't want my child to do well. It's that we have no food. Right. And, and, and that that was that was my reason and, and and when they shared their stories like that it was so powerful and then to share their story of of coming from hopelessness of poverty into working middle class livable wages and the pride that they have and, and to be able to share that part of the story um, it's just uh such a powerful piece, I think. Let's see. It's the yeah. only trauma-informed conference I know in the country that that really embraces the poverty piece and really shares that out to truly understand what these parents are going through. Right, right. Well, so, I think that's so what I, I learned so much about that. I worked at a mental health agency and when being able to go into people's homes when we would do the home visits and see what these kids, what their home lives were. And, and yes, the poverty level, um, yeah, astounding. Yeah, and, and just then I kind of took a step back like, oh my gosh, now I understand why this kid is struggling so much. And, and then putting plans in place and working with the families to try to help this kid make it through seventh grade because he wanted to drop out, um, you know, or, or similar stories. So, yeah. Another thing that I, I I've seen and it's, it's painful and I don't have an answer, but, uh, well, you know, and the way I kind of am able to keep in touch with some of my alumni is I have them on Facebook, but, uh, I can tell by their pulse, you know, things aren't, aren't going well or so. And then I'll do a private message to them and say, Hey, what, what's going on? Seems like you're going through a difficult time. And, uh, I, I've got alumni kids that, that, uh, are working those minimum wage jobs with families and they're, they're working really hard. Uh, you know, they, they, they really have overcome a lot and uh and they're getting laid off and uh i had one the other day say spoiler i i think i got an ulcer and, and uh i can't sleep and um my hours are are being cut back and i'm afraid about my job and and uh man that, that's real fear and and uh and, and again it, it's nothing that he's done he hasn't done anything to, to, to get his hours. Right. 
And, and so I think where my heart goes out for um, those families that are in that situation now and, and, and people who are in that situation where the, their jobs and, and, and you know, how am I going to, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to provide food? Um, right. Right. Wow. I mean, that's strong. I know. I know. And, and who do they, it's such a large group. Who, who do they turn to? Who do they have? And then right. how do we get behind these folks and support them? Because uh, obviously there's a lot we don't know or who are not connected, but um just with, with some of my alumni kids, uh, it's I, I can really see the stress. Yeah. So what what do they do? Do they read reach out to local agencies then, or local churches, or local? I mean, obviously, you know, is unemployment an option? Uh, you you know, I, I the one thing in Walla Walla that that that's a given is, is that the, we have a food bank here and it's okay. very active and very much supported. So uh, if people need food, we know, we know that they can access food and we know that nobody will go without a meal because we have several uh, agencies in town that serve meal, two meals a day. So, oh, so that part um, we know, uh, People can eat, you know, but uh, but there's so much more to that. There, you know, gas money, bills, rent, and right. So it, it, it's for me it, right now. It's just a little overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. I, what do you I mean, I'm like? I'm sitting here thinking, what what are the options? What what can these families do that are hurting? I mean, this is really truly impacting some people on levels that many of us just cannot comprehend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, so I guess a solution is if you're going to the grocery store, um, check with your local food bank and see if they're in need of something and then what their process is, you know, can you just drop it off and obviously, you know, not, contact with a person but just drop off a bag at the door and then call somebody and say hey I just dropped it off or I'm sure they have a process that they're working through right now with with the virus going on and our lockdowns um but yeah probably check with local food banks or um maybe you know local churches that might be helping families or even the school systems to say hey do you have kids or families that you're working with and what can we do yeah. yeah. To, to my knowledge, I think most of our, our schools are providing some way for kids to access their, I know we have a, we, we live just a few blocks away from one of the elementary schools. And so they have two hours for pickup, mail okay. pickups. And so uh, I've kind of heard that most of the lunches are, I think they, it's 360 or 370 lunches a day. And, they might have 50 left. Oh, uh, wonderful. I think oh. the question is, because you know the school system is, what are we doing with the other 50? Yeah. Because schools, you know, normally those all go in the trash and we need to, those are the things we need to be thinking through of how do we get that food to somebody. 
Yes, so that it's not wasted. Yeah, because somebody needs it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So anything else that you wanted to touch upon in the self-care or other care? Um, yeah, realm. Uh, you know, through my own healing, um, gratitude has been something that, that I've been practicing now for the last four years. And for this time of, of quietness, I try, trying to, to find gratitude in all things um, and to understand there's lesson, or there's valuable lessons sometimes through adversity and rather than fighting it, which was my practice to be grateful for what the lesson is, even though I may not know the outcome yet. Um, that, that, that's been very helpful, but uh, I'm also not in a situation where I'm worried about how, how I'm gonna keep afloat right now. And, and so, I, man, I, I can't, I just, can't imagine those that are going through that, you know. Right. Yeah. That's got to be so scary, so much fear. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I had, having grown up with, with parents that my dad struggled to keep his job and my mom, you know, she worked six days a week. But I remember hearing her sobbing and crying to my dad about, well, my one of my my most beautiful actually treasured moments and memories was a Christmas when I was five years old and my sister was two and I could hear my mom crying. How are we going to provide, you know, Christmas for the kids? And I, I didn't understand because I was like, well, Santa will bring everything. And, oh. and, um, but I could just, I could just hear her heartbreak. Well, we were so blessed because she had told a friend and on Christmas Eve, Santa and a bunch of elves knocked on our apartment door and showed up with bags of groceries and gifts. And I just remember how my mom again was sobbing because of with tears of relief and gratitude. Uh -huh. um, and that forever impacted Christmas is my favorite time of year because of that, that moment in time, because Santa showed up with my baby alive doll. So <laughs> yeah. Um, just very powerful, but yes, that is, it's, it's heartbreaking to think that people are hurting right now and struggling. And so it's, yeah, it's um, kind of up to us as, is their community to make sure they're okay and reach out. You know, I think just through this discussion, I always think sometimes informal conversations kind of bring up sometimes some of the things that we're seeking or challenged with sometimes some of the best problem solving can happen through the informal conversations. And uh, I think just in, in, in our conversation this morning, it, it just reminded me of, I, I need to be, I need to check Facebook a little bit more and, and, and check in and see how my kids are doing. Yeah. But I'm able to have that, still have that contact with and just really make the effort to make that connection. And uh, if we, we all have people around us that we know that are struggling, if taking that time just to check in on them and see how they're doing. And uh, we're, kind yeah. of, we're all kind of hung up on this so, social distancing, you know, that uh, there really isn't any 
really isn't really isn't any opportunity to have that facial contact, but uh, we sure as heck can uh, send them a message through Facebook or if we have a phone number to, to call them and just let them know we're thinking about them. I, I want to make a note of that. I, yeah, it just popped into my head. I just thought, you know, when I drop my stuff off to my mom that she needs, which I'm going to just drop at her door, I should like go back, buy like some bags of Hershey kisses or so whatever enough for, to and just tell her just to walk around to all of her neighbors and, and just put it at their doors or something. And just be just something that would just maybe brighten someone's day. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's a really good idea. It just came to me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always just such a joy to talk to you. I, I love your spirit. I love, um, I so appreciate the work you do in the world and uh, the impact you're having on children's lives. Uh, it's just very powerful and beautiful. So thank you. Um, uh, as I shared with you earlier, I'm so grateful that you're, I'm grateful for your heart as well and your passion and uh, this new opportunity to, to, to really branch out is exciting uh, to see this new journey opening up for you and, and it'll be exciting to hear, hear the exciting things that, that are out out there for you in the lives that you're going to be touching so oh, thank you for that that's huge oh thank you so much i appreciate it make my i always touch my heart because i can feel my heart swell <laughs> it's like my heart smiling but yeah thank you for that i'm very excited i'm excited that the podcast continues to grow in its reach and um you know i i don't know if i had told you i probably said it in the email but my eyes popped open at like two o'clock in the morning a couple of weeks ago whenever i decided to do this and i it was as if it, i called it an angel whisper but it was as if someone said you need to do facebook lives and ask all of your past guests to come and just talk and just talk, you know these conversation between friends kind of talks like over a cup of coffee. I need to have my cup of tea here with me. Um, because you're right, these are the kind of conversations, these casual conversations where we, we figure out solutions. Yeah. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it and uh, grateful for our friendship and, and to be able to be on the journeys that both of us are on and support one another and our our targets the same. We're still we're aiming for the same target, and we have right. different opportunities, and and so. Yeah. Awesome. Thankful for that. Awesome. Well, thanks again. All right, everyone, and I haven't said this yet on live, so I should probably tell people if you're interested in lis listening to more of these conversations, my past conversation with Jim, and other amazing healers and those who are infusing hope into the world you can listen in on spotify itunes i just recently found out it's a the podcast is on pandora radio um yeah youtube deezer i'm trying to think of some of the ones i did in blueberry um so pretty much anywhere if you google the healing place podcast you'll find it um, and just some amazing conversations. And then also these Facebook lives um, are on the Facebook page. You can go to the videos tab. So until next time, remember, as I say on the podcast, be gentle with yourself. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.